This is a headline that I think we're going to start seeing a lot more and has to do with pharmacies across this province, which are seeing an alarming surge in armed robberies involving gangs that go in, steal the drugs, and then sell them on the streets. And this is apparently going on on a daily basis. One pharmacy in Toronto has now been robbed 14 times. In one case back in August, the pharmacist was shot and critically injured. Three other pharmacists were also hit that same night. But this crime is fueling things like carjackings, as police say suspects then need cars to escape. It's fueling the sale of drugs and feeding the opiate crisis. It's feeding the human trafficking crisis that is growing. And in 2021, just to give you some context, the Toronto police say they investigated 49 pharmacy robberies. When you look at the numbers for 2022, they've now been called to 101 pharmacies and the year's not even done. And last week, you may recall the arrest of three 14-year-olds and a 16-year-old arrested, which police say, okay, that will put a dent in the crime. But for pharmacists, if you're a pharmacist in Ontario, it's getting to the point where they either have to quit and walk away, start locking their doors, but they're at a point where something needs to give because it's no longer safe for them to do their job. Justin Bates is the Ontario Pharmacists Association. He joins us now. Great to have you, Justin. Well, good morning. This is a somber topic, but very important one. I'm glad you're uh, putting a spotlight on it. Well, I think it's been under the radar, but certainly it has grown to a crisis level. What are you hearing from pharmacists? And is there an area in particular that is getting hit? More than others? Well, certainly the greater Toronto area is um, one of the most hit regions, uh, as you referenced uh, in the outset. The you know some of these stores are being hit uh, dozens of times. Um, we're seeing at least one uh, violent robbery per day, uh, and that's a huge escalation, more yeah. than double what we've seen from previous years. Um, so I think you know obviously the safety. Um, and well-being of the pharmacy profession is first and foremost. What can we do to create uh, both safer communities and battling things like the opioid epidemic, as well as keeping uh, pharmacies accessible and patient care um, at the top of our uh, priority, but also doing it in a safe way? Yeah, I mean, pharmacists don't generally want to keep their doors locked. They want customers coming in because they sell more than just drugs. But it's getting to the point where I understand that some pharmacists have either had to walk away completely or thinking of it, or they're having to put in things like bulletproof glass or even thinking of locking their doors. And so what do they need um, to happen? Or are they are they at the point where they realize they have to take action into their own hands? Well, we've come up with a number of tools uh, and recommendations to help uh, mitigate this. And, uh, you know, each pharmacy will be slightly different. But looking at your physical mm -hmm. uh, layout, uh, everything from proper lighting, uh, we have recommendations around what that would entail to high-end security systems with video that you would keep for seven days uh, at a minimum. Um, certainly locking doors, having an alarm system, uh, a safe uh, button where it could connect directly to law enforcement in the event of uh, a robbery while the store is open. Um, these are all mechanisms that will help. And I think the other piece that uh, we saw in places like BC where they put in time delay safes um, in a mandatory manner. So, you know, what they experienced in BC was a 94% drop in right. uh, robberies once they put these uh, time delay safes in, which essentially mean that the employee can't open it right away. They put in a code 
and there's a delay for it to be open and you would store the controlled substances, which are the target of these uh, robberies uh, in those safes. And if everyone does that and we promote it, that uh, should help mitigate some of what we're seeing. Yeah, I mean, the fact that it's had to get this bad um, for something to be done at all. I mean, some of the stories that you hear from the pharmacists are, are pretty are jarring. I mean, you know, they're they're being held up basically at gunpoint, uh, not knowing what's going to happen when the suspects themselves, they want the drugs. It's not even that they, they are going after the cash. They simply want the drugs so then they can jack up the price and sell them on the streets. But in on the flip side of that, Justin, um, it's not just that it leaves the pharmacy short of drugs. It creates this, you know, growing void in the market market of drugs people actually need and then can't get because they're all being stolen. Yes, I I think what you're uh, addressing is really important uh, from a public health policy, health policy perspective, and that we need a safe drug supply because much of this uh, this loss of narcotics and through the controlled substances uh, in pharmacies and other places is being uh, redirected and is fueling the illicit drug market. So the opioid crisis is one element of this, uh, whereby people are desperate. We're seeing uh, more overdose deaths, uh, an increase yeah. in opioid use throughout the pandemic over the last two years, and it is in a crisis uh, state. Um, and so that that does fuel it. And you do have people that are desperate to go in to uh, get the uh, medications through a pharmacy. And then you have that gang element as well, because the illicit market, uh, the prices are increasing. So it's become quite lucrative. And that's fueling some of the escalation that we're seeing in the violence. Um, so we need a better strategy to um, come up with alternatives to uh, basically stop the cycle of addiction. Um, a lot of that's pain management uh, from uh, the onset of symptoms, um, diverting people away from these substances, uh, as well as uh, more security and safety measures. And and frankly, um, reimbursement, because the cost of putting yeah. in all of these things is huge amongst all of the additional inflationary pressures. So you know, there's not a single silver bullet, so to speak. We need to do several things um, and we need to take urgent action because, you know, this is very traumatic. We we see somebody that sure. was shot uh, um, and in critical condition. So, you know, this is no longer something that uh, we can uh, ignore. No, I mean, when you, when you got gangs of, of young, whatever, as young as 14, 15, 16, walking in, knowing full well they're on camera and not giving two hoots, uh, that they're going to get caught. I mean, it, sh- it shows you just how brazen these crimes are. I find it a little hard to imagine, uh, Jason, in 2022, that we are in this um, reactive stance after seeing what BC did and knowing that it worked. Why are we always, you know, doing catch up on, on kind of common sense steps that would have put um, the message out long ago? And it's a great point. Uh, there's no question that we want to be proactive on these things, uh, not reactive. I think there's still a lot of education and awareness that needs to be done within the pharmacy sector, as well as with law enforcement and uh, other stakeholders around the effectiveness uh, of time delay safes, because there is a high cost that comes with them. Um, and you know, traditionally, we have been taught uh, on de-escalation tactics to hand over everything, comply with the uh, with the robber, so that you're not putting yourself at risk or escalating the violence. Um, but when you have promotion of this is in every single pharmacy that they, the, the, the person who's committing these crimes wants to get in and out quick. So if you put in all of these mechanisms that they can't do that, they will uh, look to other alternatives and, and there are deterrents. There's no hundred mm-hmm. percent uh, solution that will eliminate this altogether. 
But we do know based on uh, the experience both in, in BC, now Alberta and Saskatchewan have moved to put in place mandatory policies for these time delay safes that they work in the US as well. Walgreens and CVS have put in uh, time delay safes and seen a reduction significantly of uh, these types of uh, events. And uh, so, you know, it, it's good question, but now is the time to really move this policy forward and uh, increase the education and awareness of it. No question about it. Uh, pharmacists are key to the front line in health uh, delivery these days and uh, certainly don't feel very safe. Uh, I don't blame them one bit. Justin, thanks. We'll continue to follow this and see if it finally gets some action. Thank you. That is Justin Bates with the Ontario Pharmacists Association. So yeah, it, it's not a small thing. Uh, this thing has exploded and again, crime fuels crime. When you don't deal and catch the bad guys, and the bad guys know they're going to get away with it, they'll just keep fueling other crimes. And that's what's happening. And this crime then feeds the opiate crimes, and then the human trafficking crimes, and then the carjacking crimes. It's just a vicious cycle. We got to stop.